Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Hey, ladies. So if you listened to the previous podcast, I had just concluded interviewing Adrienne Stinnett, uh, one of my uh, sisters in Christ here in the community of, of Durant. And now I get the opportunity to interview and introduce another sister in Christ, Michelle Chester, um, who, like Adrienne, is pursuing a bold vision that the Lord has birthed into her heart. And I wouldn't just describe it as a vision. I would describe it as a relevant need in Durant. And so uh, Michelle fellowships at at Victory Life. Um, We get to um, fellowship with her at some of our entourage ministry gatherings as well. And my hope is that as you listen to this, you are encouraged to be obedient to the call of God on your life. And uh, that also you would just hear from what she's walking through and be be encouraged. So, uh, Michelle, welcome. Thank, Thank you, you for being here. Yes. Uh, Michelle, tell us a little bit about what the mission is, what it's going to be, and then back up and tell us when the Lord put that desire in your heart. So the mission itself um, is going to be a nonprofit organization for anyone experiencing homelessness. Um, it is not necessarily just for your um, transient homeless, but it will be for people that are experiencing, um, um, if it's a domestic violence situation and our crisis center can't hold someone or uh, someone just legit finds himself in a state of homelessness. If for some reason someone's house burns down, we want to be able to to bring them into our facility if we have the room. That way they're not having to live with family members or put anybody else out until they are able to get back on their feet. The vastness of the facility is a little bit larger than um, just a facility for someone to come into. So our our primary goal is to receive, rebuild, return. Um, and with that meaning, when we have people that... Um, that come in, we will assess the situation and be able to utilize um, the spacing. If um, so, it's kind of multifaceted. So you have two different two different entities, if you if you can imagine. So we are only when we open, we'll only be able to house about fourteen people uh, per city zoning. Okay. And with that being said, our primary focus will really be a phase program. And in that, in that phase program, it's a four phase. And so, um, when someone comes in, we will assess, um, they will, you know, if they're looking for, if they're needing, um, jobs or driver's license or anything like that, it'll be different phases that they're going through. Um, the first phase is basically assess the situation. The second phase is volunteering and getting job placement. The third phase will be, um, sustained that type of thing. And then the fourth will just be them actually saving money. Um, our, <clears throat> excuse me, our biggest goal is for our community to get involved. You know, people that, um, have businesses that can actually bring people in, um, 
in that phase while they're waiting for, say, a driver's license or social security card where they can actually get permanent employment. And so we're, or whether they're needing some budgeting classes or some Bible study. So mm-hmm. our, our goal is to, is to reach the community to, to come in and put their hands to, to something mm-hmm. and to someone, a mm-hmm. legacy. Our mm-hmm. biggest thing is legacy here. Um, with the, with the phase program, like I said, it, we they can stay 21 days. Um, they can they can also stay 21 days per phase, depending upon the situation at hand. Mm-hmm. Um, we will also so if we go into the other side of it, where um, you're more transient, that people just need a night to stay, they really just need a shower, a haircut, something like that. We want to make that available as well. Um, if there are say 10 people in the phase program, that means we only have four door or four beds open for people that are in transit. Um, like our food bank in town, you know, you can go in one every seven days to, to receive groceries. And so that's kind of how we'll, we'll work that system. So if someone comes in, we'll just say her name's Beth and Beth comes in and she's transient and she's not interested in getting into a phase program to actually rebuild herself and, and, and make changes. Then as long as she's not under the influence of anything, you know, to, to harm anyone in the facility, then we will open the door every seven days to her and, mm-hmm. and love on her. Our goal is to is to bring them in to receive them, to love on them and to build a relationship with them. And once we build a relationship with them, then our goal is that maybe at one point that th- I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe at one point something will click with them and that that love the love of Jesus can can um like I said, just click something that will give them hope. Yes. And if they can give them hope, then we can get them in the face program. Then we can change the generations and the legacy for them and for their children. Amen. Amen. Um, that's so exciting. And it's exciting to get to sit across from you and see mm-hmm. see the passion coming out. I was reminded as you were going over great details of what has been in your heart, been stirring in your heart for a long time, um, that this isn't something that started yesterday. Right. And when I began with Adrian in the previous podcast episode, I read this passage from Habakkuk 2, verses 2 through 4, and I want to read that now. It says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come, and it will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. And so what I think of as you're describing all of these things, all of these beautiful steps that the Holy Spirit is birthing in your heart, is that you are are like that herald that is running with the vision that the Lord is giving you and that you've written down faithfully. So you've got a pretty good picture of where you think things are going to go. Talk to me about the moment that you remember that the Lord first began birthing this desire into you. And I just want to say in Durant, there is not a ministry like this. There, no. There is a a growing homeless, what you refer to as transient homeless population. And certainly there are the other populations that you describe that may be circumstantially mm-hmm. homeless, but there's a growing need. And I think just due to various factors, like regulation, zoning, otherwise, um, there really hasn't been a formal organization step up to try and address it. And so thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus, um, for navigating 
probably a pathway that quite honestly wasn't established, it sounds like to me, um, and I can't wait to see what comes from it. But back to the question. Tell me about the moment that the Lord said, write this down. I'm telling you something, Michelle. Listen, what am I putting in your heart? Are you paying attention? What was that moment? So I was actually at a, at a church service, um, a dwelling place service, where um, our church would just come in and for hours we would just worship the Lord and just we would have, you know, people stand up and give prophetic words or, or you know, even the gift of healing would take place. And I, I went in not really having anything on my on my heart or in my mind, and um, I'm just worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden, my stomach legitimately starts burning, and I bent over a little bit, and I was, and I even had the conversation, Lord, what is that? And the Lord said, I am a planting a seed, and you will give birth quickly, and without, within seconds in my mind's eye, I seen exactly everything unfolded. And normally the Lord will give you a tad bit of the beginning. And I seen all the way into its fullness, the end result. And with that, you know, it's been a very hard challenge walking through um, when you see the end result and having to take the baby steps. I remember the first year of just... This and what is, year was this for context? Well, we have been, I was trying to think back that we have May, I want to say it's May 16th. I may be wrong on that, but this is the fourth year. So, so May... Four, so 2015? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so funny because for Adrian, 2015 was a year of like discouragement and replanting uh-huh. where... Um, her things were very versatile with what the Lord had yeah. told her because really some resistance that she talked about. So yeah. that's interesting to like yeah. the Lord never sleeps, he never slumbers. Right. So that's your year of new beginning yeah. basically into this vision. Okay, yeah. So 2015 dwelling place yes. place May. And so um in that, well let me back up just a tad bit. So all when I was 20 years old, I felt like God had called me to the women's ministry. And so I was in a little tiny church. Thank God for these women. That I was the youngest one there. They they let me just, you know, step up and just minister in my ugliness and, and craziness and immaturity and just love me through it. Um, there was no complications, you know. They never did complain about it. Thank God. They probably did behind the, behind the closed doors, but they never Only did. Only God knows. Yeah. <laughs> but they always encouraged me. And so um, in that, but they also, I, there was another smaller group of people, my mom and some of her best friends that prayed and and, and in that, and I think it's important to, to say these because in those times of newness and just learning the Lord and the, the freshness of, of the Holy Spirit, it takes people letting people make mistakes. And it, and it takes, this is, yes, you're hearing the Lord. Yes, you're hearing the Lord and, and just sharing your heart, you know, with people. And I think this is what God's saying and, and them saying, yeah or no, you know. And so navigating through that and being able to hear the voice of the Lord. And it, it had taken years for me to to cultivate that, of course, but I had a very strong um, support system um, where it was... Um, and I can't give credit to these women enough because if it had not been for them, I don't know that I could be sitting in the in the seat that I'm in right now. Um, so with that being said, I was able to uh, be taught how to hear the Lord and not question it. And so when the Lord really started um, showing me this, I, I mean, it was, a, I mean, I seen it, a vision, and I seen a specific building, and this is very important. So I seen this specific building, seen exactly what needed to be done, how it needed to be done. And about three days later, I'm setting, I always talk to Laurent, putting my makeup on. I guess that's probably when I'm the stillest, <laughs> but so I'm sitting there and I'm just, I'm just 
just thinking through this, like, okay, what is this supposed to look like? How is this supposed to happen? You know, what am I supposed to do here? And I mean, very clearly the Lord had told me that I needed to submit it to the authority in our church. And so I was like, okay, but I'm sitting here like holding a baby going, am I supposed to hand this baby over to someone? Because, Mm -hmm. okay, you gave it to me, but I don't know that I can do this. And so, um, I called Pam, you know, and and there was there were four people, you know, Pastor Dwayne, uh, his wife Sue, uh, Lisa Carrillo, and Mark Carrillo. Well, if you know any of these people, it's very hard to get with them. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there, and I hear the Lord say, "You need to call Pam, and you need to set a meeting." And I'm like, "Okay," you know, and I just kind of put it off. And then, of course, after the third time prompting, I'm like, "Okay, okay." So I pick up the phone, I call Pam, and I'm, Pam, this is what I'm needing. I know this is impossible. I'm willing to wait as long as I need to. You know what can be done. And within, I want to say within five days, I had all four of them sitting across from me, which is a miracle in and of itself. That is. And so as I'm sitting there, you know, um, Pastor Dwayne, you know, was like, well, Michelle, what are you, what are you asking? You know, what, you know, I'm like, I don't even know. I'm just telling you what I, what I've been told. You know, I need to know, am I crazy? Am I not crazy? I don't even, I don't have a degree. I don't have, you know, I've never served in the homeless population. I've never, this is not something that I've ever put my hands to. And, um, so after some conversation, you know, I, I knew what God said to me was, this is for the body of Christ, not a piece of the body. And so I knew that it could not be victory life of its own. It had to be the body of Christ, and that is the community itself. It cannot just be one person. And I just want to pause right there. I love you, I love the similarities of how God works. Uh, God is, um, Jesse, Silly, and I were visiting this morning. God is a God equally of creativity and order. And uh, even though we try to kind of push one way or the other. And so um, in your St. Adrian's story, there's a lot of similarities, but I want to draw out a few things that you've mm-hmm. said already before we lose them. One, back in the beginning of, of developing your walk in faith in hearing of the mm-hmm. Lord, there was a community of women around you supporting yes. you that prepared you to be in a place that when the Lord dropped this, yes. You knew it was the Lord. So ladies on the other end of this cannot say enough about community. Put yourself into a community of faith-filled women. That is life-giving. It's life-changing. For Adrian. someone in her community, once she was in Durant and out of her season of kind of um, frustration about being here, it was someone in her community that said it's that drew it out of her and said, it's time to stop talking about this, and it's time to do it. So being in community is life-giving. Michelle said something else. She said that in that space, she had begun to intentionally learn to hear the Lord. I want to encourage you that are listening, even in the small and mundane things, ask God what He thinks. Start, be a better listener. Learn to be a better listener. Um, make it a discipline to hear the voice of the Lord, because if you can hear the voice of the Lord in the small things, then you're going to identify the voice of the Lord in the big things, like what she's talking about. We sometimes think that it's the mm-hmm. opposite. We're waiting for these big flashing lights mm-hmm. from from God, uh, dropping a sign. Mm-hmm. But, but God has a voice, and just like hearing the voice of someone 
physically that we're around, we have to adapt our ears Mm -hmm. to be able to hear. And so also, um, I think that there is wisdom as you begin to look at the big C church, the bot, this is not just a victory life thing. This is a whole community thing. Adrian shared about how originally her nine board members were from her church, Mm -hmm. community Christian, but then as it expanded, it needed to become the whole community and, and members of different places. But I love that Michelle, even though you had a confidence about what you had seen, there was a humility that you operated in and coming to your shepherds yeah. um, to come under their authority and say, this is the word I be- believe that I have from the Lord, and I don't know if if we're testing it out right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm coming to you, but you're in authority over me, and I need to tell you this. So I just want to say that that is powerful, too, to be in a church relationship that you respect your authority and mm-hmm. that you have the relationship that you can come before them with the most vulnerable dreams and visions from the Lord and and find out what they have to say about it and trust the God in them to to give you wisdom into your next steps, which is where I think we're going now. So what's the next step after you sit down and have that conversation with your pastors uh, what what happens next? So so uh, Pastor Dwayne basically said, okay, now go do your homework. Now go work. You know, go put your hands to something. And so I I even looked at him and said, what does that look like? I don't even really know. You know. And so he he led me. You know, and and he he committed to to spend time with me if I needed it, and to and to walk me through some of this when I needed it. And so um, I had another lady that I had. Um, had shared with Heather Hookstratton, absolutely amazing. And, um, she was just, this, uh, she was a friend of mine, but she had treasures in her that I had no idea. And so the more I started sharing with her, I mean, she just, she bought on, I mean, she just as much as I did. And so, uh, she brought some stuff to the table that I never, a business plan, Michelle, you need a business plan. What's a business plan? I don't know what that is. And she, next thing I know, she's got it taken care of. And so love that. Yes. And so it is in sharing and, and, uh, the vision with people that you're closest to that they can step in and, and have a hand in it as well. And so as we walk through, we, um, I won't get into grave detail because of the fact that I could sit here all day long and tell you story after story. <laughs> Love um, to hear it. The the location itself, um, we had felt like that, you know, God had given me a vision. The funniest thing is that even Heather said, I'm only coming on board if I can have a, a fr- have a front window with a or an office with the front window facing right or something random like that. And so when you walked in this building, there was one, I mean, identical to what she said. Yeah. And so you know, I was like, well, there you go. Well, I'd already been in the building, so I already knew. And um, so anyway, so then as we walk through um, through the process of even uh, reaching out for a grant to purchase the building, we had the people that had owned the building had told us one thing. Mm-hmm. And so when it came time to write the grant, um, they had kind of, we needed a letter of of, um, of intent to, mm-hmm. to submit with a grant and, um, they, they backtracked. And so as they backtracked, um, I mean, we're talking right in the middle of us writing this grant out and we were within days of needing to submit this. And we thought that we, you know, all of this stuff had been taken care of, but I didn't have it in writing. And so that day, I mean, after I got off the phone with them, I, I asked Heather, I said, okay, this is the thing. You can close your computer and you can leave. I need to. I need some time with the Lord because I'm not going to move forward with without the. You know. And what year was this? This was this was the first year. This was 2014. Okay. okay. Um, 
15. 15, so, yes. Um, so as we um, had walked through, I, of course, I got on my face. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. okay, God, I don't understand. I know this is what you showed me. I know this is where we're supposed to be. Um, I've seen it very clearly. And and at that point, I was like, Lord, I can't. I mean, the minimum grant was $50,000. How do wow. I walk away from $50,000 when we had even spent time with them? I mean, it looked very promising uh, for us to receive this grant. And um, and spe- very specifically, the Lord said, I can give you. He said, walk away. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I don't understand. This is exactly what I've seen in the vision. And he said, walk away. Wow. And I said, what do I do about the $50,000? Do we go ahead and apply for it in a different different way rather than a purchase of a building? How do we do this? And he said, I can give you $50,000 in a minute. I said, walk away. And at that point, I closed the door. And then there was a very long two-year stretch on looking for a building. Mm-hmm. So... The, the really cool thing about it is like Abraham, when God told him you would, you will have a son. Yes. And he said, okay, well, then here comes his wife and decides to let's make this happen. And here we have an Ishmael. And, um, and he's like, okay, well, okay, whatever. And so he didn't keep his eye on what God said because God told him basically with his wife, he didn't say with someone yeah. else. And so... Um, it's very, very important to know what God said and to revisit what God said and Amen. how He said it and when He said it and how it will take place because it's very easy to get involved with other people's opinions and what other people think and how other people's way of doing things that if you don't stop and spend time with the Lord yourself and go back to exactly what He said and how He said it and when change happens... I mean, the, the thing is, just because I seen that that was the building, just like Abraham was given Isaac, and he was given to him for a seed for, yeah. for generations, right? Yes. But then he told him to go up on the mountain and sacrifice him. Yeah. Well, that didn't sound like the seed that was going to keep going. Absolutely. Okay, so even in that, I'm, I'm thinking through going, okay, Where's my provision in the bushes, so to well, speak? In yes. That well, not, yeah. not only that. Th- this is this is what I want to bring out. It's we have to be able to be moved a little bit when God decides to change routes at different times, yeah. and it can't always be so black and white that okay, God showed me that building, and that's the only way that it can happen. Yes. And so it didn't. It wasn't until year three that that God actually spoke to me because I had a really big come to Jesus meeting. I was at the point of, I'm done. I'm giving up. Nothing is happening. Every every uh, uh, meeting I had with the city, no on that building, no on that building, no this location, no because of the, of the way that the community is set up, which was fine because I wanted to honor the community. I did sure. not want to do anything out of, out of order. And I wanted to make sure that every, every one of our I's was dotted and our T's were crossed because we will walk with integrity. Yes. And so, but there was still the frustration. And so I was ready to completely give up. And God had spoken to me at Jubilee last year. And he said, it is time to, sub- to, time to submit to three people. And at that point, I thought I had already submitted to these three people, but obviously I had not. Yeah. And in that, um, when I did and actually had some time with them, uh, one of them being Pastor Zach, yeah. um, and he had been, him and Serena had the heart for homeless 
I remember that. Forever and ever. My husband and I owned a coffee shop in 2011, just a random season of our life that we had had a coffee shop. And at that time, we were all young, newly married people. I didn't Mm -hmm. know Zach, but I knew Serena. And we would encounter homeless people in and out of the coffee shop. And Serena was my good. I would call her Uh and be like, hey, there's a homeless person here. Do you know tonight where they, you know, where they can go? So I remember that from that season that long ago they had that. Um, seed in their heart as well. Yes. So uh, let me backtrack a minute. So as the the first meeting I had was with Pastor Dwayne and 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 Sue and Lisa and Mark. The second meeting I had was with Zach and Serena. Yeah. And the reason being is because I even I, I mean I'm sitting there going, Lord, these are the people that are called to this, not me. Yeah. These are the people that you see the passion within them, not me. Why are you choosing me for this? This does not make any sense to me whatsoever. And so even in the act of humility of going, I don't really understand, but you know, I sat across from them and said, This is what I feel like God's saying, you know, and I I, I need your help. I need, you know, if you guys are on board, you know, kind of in an awkward situation of like, I see this gift in you, but God's given it to me for some reason and um, not really knowing what to do with that, honestly. And so it was really cool that now, you know, three and a half years later that Zach was the pastor, our resident pastor now at Victory, and I'm able to now go to him with the same passions that he has, and he's able to now to, to pour into it. Yeah. And so... God's really cool like that. So what happens after this meeting with so with, with Zach and Serena? So with uh, the oh, early on, of course they you know they blessed us and you know yeah. okay yeah we want to be a part just keep us you know. And I, real quick, I want to say something because you keep talking about how, like I don't have the training for this. I didn't go to school for this. Mm-hmm. They have the passion for it. They have the gifting for it. This is. This is a statement that it is worth repeating over and over again, ladies, if you've not heard it. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I love uh, the Bible verse that says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people will perish. And so you talked about the importance of going back to the vision of what God had given you and not wavering in that uh, when things in your natural eyes didn't add up with it. And so um, all of that to say, I think that is really, really important. Like just because the circumstances don't line up with the vision doesn't make the vision wrong, doesn't make God wrong, doesn't make it a lie. And, And I love that even you're talking about when you had this conviction to go and submit yourself to authority again or to three people. Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, you're talking about Zach and Serena, who you felt like had this passion, had mm-hmm. this gifting. And you're like, but I feel like I'm supposed to do it. Um, someone told me last week, and it was impactful to me. I needed to hear it. They were talking about Elijah and Elisha. And when Elijah goes to Elisha in the field and he throws his mantle upon him and, um, you know, kind of as a symbol of you are going to carry out ministry yeah. as this prophet in Israel. And so in that moment, you have the opportunity to accept the responsibility of that vision or not to. And mm-hmm. so I, I think I've struggled with the same thing, Michelle, and I think every honest honest believer would say that with regards to calling, like, mm-hmm. no, I don't feel qualified for this. But if God called you to it, 
He put that mantle mm-hmm. of qualification, of anointing on you, a prophetic vision on you to carry out what the desires of his heart right. are for your life. And so anyway, I just wanted to draw yeah. those those things out. So moving back into the story, Zach's your campus pastor now who mm-hmm. has this desire. Uh, things are coming. We're, we're closer. We're in, I think, 2018 now mm-hmm. in, in the story. So, so now how are things about to take off um, from where they were? Uh, into the next season. Of, okay, so of can the we mission. hold that for a second? Because I want to tag on to what you yeah. were, what you were saying. So, um, oh gosh, I women lost my train of thought. Wait till you're 45 years old. I'm 30, and Woo-hoo! I lose my train of thought a lot. Okay. I write myself notes all the time. <laughs> so, um, so we were talking about the. Um, we'll just go back with Zach because I know that story. Yeah. That, the rest of it will come back to me. Okay, so as I went, well, I had asked the Lord specifically. I'm like, I mean, I'm talking on my face for days and days and days. I need to understand through that jubilee. I kept hearing the Lord say, "Submit to these three people," but change. That's all I kept hearing is change, change, change. And so I was like, I need some more revelation on what change looks like because I I, I need to know did I do something wrong. You know, did I did I not make the right step? Did I not make the right connection? Did I, you know, what did I do? Because as long as you put Michelle Chester in a box or I know where my 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 rights are, then I can walk in them with with boldness. And so I kept asking the Lord, if I if I need to repent for something, just let me know so we can move forward. You know, did if I'd done something wrong, let me repent so we can m- keep moving. Because right now it feels stagnant. Right now it, things are just not okay. And I need some clarification. And the Lord had very gently said, it wasn't you. It was someone else that did not obey. Mm-hmm. But because they did not obey, the end result will still be the same. It will just look different. Mm-hmm. And in that, I was okay with that. You know, I even, Lord, I, I, I speak blessings over that person. I pray that they not have to reap the harvest of their, their mm-hmm. not, them not being obedient. I ask that you just continue to bless them above and beyond what, what they could even dream or imagine because your word is going to be fulfilled no matter where mm-hmm. we're at or what we're doing. And so in that, though, it gave me the, um, the assurance that everything's still going to be okay. The, in, the building and the, the first vision may look a little different, but the end result will be perfect. Mm-hmm. So I remembered what I was going to say. So um, when uh, about the qualified. Yeah. Okay. So the first year, um, the, I had this chair that I sat in all the time, and I would look out my back window, and the Lord kept saying, go and sit and write. Go and sit and write. And before... Um, even before, maybe about a year and a half before God even give, had given me this vision, I was sweeping my floor and the Lord said, um, if you're going to dream, if you're going to dream, dream big. Don't waste time on small matters. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm sweeping and I just kind of ignore it. And next thing you know, I hear it again really loud. And I'm like, oh, I think I need to write this down. And so it took about six months for me writing in a journal, just like, if I'm going to dream, dream big, what does that look like? I mean, yeah. what are you talking about? Are you talking business? Are you talking personal? Are you talking spiritual? Are you talking ministry? I don't, I mean, what am I needing to dream big for? Because I have been very, well, God has taken very good care of me. Mm-hmm. No matter what state I'm in, I am taken care of. Yes. And so I'm thinking in my mind, dream big. I just don't, I just don't know what you're asking. Mm-hmm. And so I just left it. Mm-hmm. And when I left it, I didn't understand until he'd given me the vision. Mm-hmm. And so now with the vision, every time, and, and Heather laughs at me, she says it all the time, because when my mind starts thinking small, mm-hmm. Heather says, God said, don't waste time on small matters. Yeah. He said, dream big. 
That's good. And so that's a constant reminder for me too. So after he, after he had brought this to, you know, to me and I'm sitting there having these conversations with him, yeah. uh, you had mentioned that I, I, I have my own business and yeah. I have, a, I have freedom to come and go as I please. And that was one hard conversation I had with the Lord, because I know this is going to take a lot of my time mm-hmm. and Lord, you know me. And are you sure you called the right person? Mm-hmm. And, um, so uh, back, to, back again to the chair. So he kept saying, sit down and write. What do you see? When you're in the building, what do you see? And so I just started writing. In this situation, what would you do? And I just started writing. And I just started allowing myself to visually put myself in a place that wasn't alive yet, and it now is alive. People, seeing people's faces and circumstances and situations, and what are you going to do in these? And so I I just started eating that, if you Mm -hmm. will, and just understanding it. Well, So then I started thinking, okay, I just need to start making some phone calls and I need to start meeting with people that are in this realm of work. And so I don't know how many hours I spent on the phone with just other shelters and other people and asking questions. And I went to, um, I visited the Samaritan Inn in McKinney, which is a multi-million dollar facility. Mm -hmm. Had favor everywhere I went. You know, God just opened the doors. Spent two and a half hours with with the gentleman just asking millions of questions. The director was absolutely amazing. Well, this is what how we do it. She gave me all their paperwork that that I could even imagine. Wow, that's awesome. The amazing part is when I would compare my notes sitting in that chair Mm -hmm. to the way that they ran were identical. Because the Holy Spirit was at work. Because the Holy Spirit was teaching me through the yeah. whole thing. Yes. And he'd done that. And in, and whenever I got to meet with other people, it was like the Holy Spirit said, this is where I'm going to qualify you. This is where I'm going to teach you. And it's going to be in my presence, not in a classroom. Nobody can give that to you but the Holy Spirit. And I just, I, what I love about this, like picturing you sitting kind of in an empty building, um, imagining what the ministry will yeah. be like. It reminds me of the Bible verse that says, don't despise the day of small beginnings, yes. but rejoice to see, or the Lord is pleased to see that the work has begun. Yeah. And so I say that to women listening on the other end, the dream of your heart may not be completed yet in a way that is tangible, but that does not mean that there's not a beginning yeah. that's underway. And so choosing to engage with the Lord about what He's going to do so that when you step into that situation, you've already had a conversation with the Lord about it. When people come into the physical space that you now have that will be open to the the public um, at some point soon, you've played scenarios mm-hmm. out through your mind in the communion and fellowship that you've had with the Holy Spirit. Um, so so the so you have a building now. We do. I know that. Is it the building or it's a different building? It is a totally different building. It's a totally different so building. So this is building number three. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. In September, no, August of 2014, I actually was, it was a clothing bank. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the church had the King's Closet. And um, I was kind of a go-to person for mm-hmm. anyone. The DHS would call if they needed clothing and I would just go meet them at any time. And so... One one afternoon, I'm headed to the lake, and um, I got a phone call from DHS, and they needed some items of clothing, so I met them up there. And as I'm walking through, just, I mean, I'm talking the slightest thought crossed my mind. This building would work. 
Mm-hmm. But in my mind, and and Heather's, because we're we got to drink big. The mm-hmm. other locations were massive. Yeah, and I'm not going to lie when I say there was a little bit of of stress that I would that I was putting on myself to think a volunteer base and you know eight you know five thousand dollar electric bills and mm-hmm. you know I mean all this this massness of of people and and items. But I knew that there was that many people needing to be served. Mm-hmm. But when I was walking through the clothing bank, I mean, just this, I mean, I even started walking around, which I'm a visual person anyway. I started mm-hmm. walking around going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. you know, oh my gosh, I could put, you know, 25 people in here in bunk beds and, you know, th- we, yeah, wait a minute, this will work. And so I called Heather, you know, and I, and I, I was like headed to the lake, hey, what do you think about the clothing bank? Which I hadn't even asked Zach or talked to anybody. Yeah. It was just thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, and she said, Michelle, it's too small. We would, we would turn away people before we ever got started. Why mm-hmm. would we even do that? So I closed it and let mm-hmm. it go. Never second guess, never even thought about it again. And so, of course, from from August to July, when it, the next year, you know, I never said anything about it. The thing is, though, that Jubilee, God started saying, you need to start serving where you're going to be serving. And so I started putting my hands to the clothing bank because mm-hmm. it's people in need. Mm-hmm. I started volunteering at the... At the uh, food bank, you know, because people there, they need clothing and they need food. So start serving where you, where you're going to, going to be. Pastor Zach and Serena had a, an apartment, um, that was donated to them to actually do a phase program with people Mm -hmm. that were experiencing homelessness. And it was exactly what I'm doing in a smaller facet. And so, um, Zach had, I had went in and said, Zach, I want to submit to you guys. You know, I know what you're doing. This is very close to what I'm going to be doing. Is there anything I can do? What can I do? And so I beca- started, I became the hands and feet. And so when someone went in, I would go in and talk to them and I would take them to job interviews or I would meet with them and just encourage them. So in that, um, not even really thinking about the clothing bank being the location. And so when I went after Jubilee this last year and submitted to Zach, and said, Zach, you know, I'm done. Either God, either I have missed it or something has happened because nothing is moving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's easy, ladies, it's very easy to compare yourself with other people because you see Adrian, you know, which I love her so much. And I, mm-hmm. I, I always aggravate her. If this never works, I'm coming with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's the truth. But, um, you know, you see how the community has rallied around her mm-hmm. and you see her her giftings and you see these things and it's it's hard to not compare yeah. to one another. It's hard for, for you to say, well, why, why are you seeing this favor and I'm not seeing it? Or how are you so talented in this area and I'm not and I don't have that person? It's very easy to start feeling like you're less than or you're doing mm-hmm. something wrong. But I've been taught very early on by very very mature women to not compare yourself, that God called you, not you to be them. And you are, you are the only you you can be, and you cannot mock someone else. And so in that, I started, I mean, which I want to bless her anyway, but I started blessing her even more. Thank you, God, for every person that she has, because the thing is the gifts and calling that God has given is going to happen, whether you fulfill it or someone else does. In the scripture, it talks about the, that they died without seeing the promises fulfilled. Although the promises still were fulfilled, they just didn't get to see it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so good. Two things that I love that, again, I want to draw out from what you said is what you just said, praying for people uh, along the way that are farther along in their journey than where you are today. So Mm -hmm. like you guys um, back, if I remember right, in November got the approval Mm -hmm. for for the, from the city for the building to start becoming operational. And probably about the same time they received the frames Uh to start going up to get, and then getting their building in the drive. Mm -hmm. So you guys are on a similar journey. She's just like a couple steps ahead seasonally. But to pray for the women that may otherwise seem intimidating, like because the enemy wants to get in and weave that comparison lie. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And I love that, that you said along the way, you know, maybe someone wasn't, maybe someone was disobedient to Mm -hmm. something and it, and it um, changed things in your scenario. Mm -hmm. And, and you prayed blessings over mm-hmm. over them. So there is no room for offense. Right. Um, there's no room for comparison, jealousy, envy, strife when the Holy Spirit is carrying out a work like this. And I love that you've said that. As we kind of bring this to a close, I want you to think about something. And I'm gonna I'm gonna speak a word of encouragement to the ladies while you think about this. Um, what are your two greatest needs that you have now? And then we want to agree with you in prayer and pray over those. Um, and is there a way website that people can go to either to give monetarily or to learn more. Um, So be thinking about your answers to those. Tell me one more time when you were sweeping what it was the Holy Spirit spoke to you about uh, dreaming the small dreams. Tell me that verbiage again. He said, if you're going to dream, dream big. Don't waste time on small matters. So my encouragement as hearing Michelle say that and then hearing her hesitation to the building that she ultimately is now occupying that that was it's small physically mm-hmm. it's smaller than what she thought whenever the Lord is doing something and we look at a seed, we have the opportunity to view it in two ways. We can view it for what we see in our hand, or we can choose to view it the way the Lord sees it, which is a bountiful harvest. And they both come from the same place. So even in hearing that word that the Lord gave you, and then in knowing that you came into a place that was a lot smaller Mm -hmm. physically than what you're expecting, that almost seemed to contradict what He had told you, to me, that is a challenge from the Lord to this is a seed. See this as a mm-hmm. seed. Are you seeing it as a seed or are you seeing it as the harvest that I see it as? It's going to go into the earth. It's going to break. It's going to expand in every direction. So I just, to you ladies that are listening, as Michelle prepares to answer um, those questions that I that I asked her, what are the things in your life uh, that you maybe need to change your perspective on um, that you're viewing as something small um, with man's eye instead of you're viewing it only as a seed instead of viewing it as a vehicle for a massive harvest uh, because the God brings the harvest. The Word says that. So just remember that as you're looking at a seed that, that may seem insignificant to the scope of what you feel the Lord is doing and bringing. doesn't matter the size of what's in your hand. It matters the size of the God that's in control of the Amen. harvest, and the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Right. So what a that was an encouragement to me. And I just wanted to get that out yeah. and, and encourage ladies on the other side. So two greatest needs that we can be uh praying mm-hmm. for you about. And we're, we'll pray right now as we adjourn. Yeah. What are they? So can I touch on the seed real fast? You can. So one one of the biggest things that God really did show me is that this is a legacy. Mm-hmm. And in that, um, you know, you touched about it being a small, small thing. It actually brought me a lot of relief mm-hmm. whenever we got into the smaller building. But the legacy alone, um, the seed being sown. 
when one person comes in, we're not touching that person. We're touching a legacy beyond them. Mm-hmm. So the one small act of kindness of cutting their hair or, or loving on them, really, even though it is blessing them, it is, it is to change legacies on down the line. Mm-hmm. It's not about just one, one act of kindness. Um, you asked what, what we need. Two things that right our biggest our biggest challenge even since the city had approved is the sprinkler system. I just recently received the um, uh, a commercial inside the sprinkler y- system. Yes, ma'am. Thank okay. you for clarifying that. Yeah, the fire suppression. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we finally just received the quote on that. So we're looking at seventeen thousand dollars alone just for the sprinkler system. Uh, then we have to uh, take care of the shower install. Uh, we have someone willing to come and do all of that. He is in the hospital right now and he needs he needs healing because I know that God has put it on that man's heart to come and serve us. Okay. And the enemy is trying to steal that and I will not <laughs> receive that in Jesus name. Um so those are the two that those are the two major things that we that we need. Um the other thing is really is people just coming and helping. Um hands hands on uh, mm-hmm. whether it's mowing the yard or or just being available. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, you know, a donation is easy. You know, here I'm going to give $10 or I'm going to give $1,000 or I'm going to give $10,000. But we want partnership. We want covenant people. You know, even if it's a people that think that they don't, I don't have $10,000 write a check. One day I will because I'm believing God for that because <laughs> I am an entrepreneur and that's what I Amen. want. Um, but you know what? I might have $5. And if I if I can commit $5 every month to something, then I'm going to be more apt to praying for that. It's a it's a covenant. And and we ask for partnership. If you can partner with us, and, and partnering isn't just your money. We need your we need your investment. We need your your love, your support, your your kindness, your mm-hmm. mercy, your praying for us, your you know, coming and seeing a need, whether mm-hmm. it's even 14 people, ladies. 14. Anybody can make a meal for 14. Mm -hmm. So we'll have 14 people that need fed every single night. Mm -hmm. So someone coming and bringing enough spaghetti for 14 people is not massive. Mm -hmm. But do you know how massive that is? Yeah. That's all. That's a great way to look at it. And, but, or if I only have $5 out of a budget that I can dedicate every month to something and there's, Five people, that's $25. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I mean, in, when we think, even though God said, think big, don't waste time on small matters. Small matters is I don't have the money to give, but my penny in the the widow might was huge, right? Yeah. Yes. So it's a it's a, in it's small a matter. In it's in the eye of the beholder. It Anything is. sanctified to the Lord for His use is um, like the, the boy with the loaves and the fish. Yes. You know, God brings the the abundance of what, and just the same with the widow's might. So uh, thank you for sharing yeah, your heart, you. your your story. Uh, website, is there a so, website or Facebook page? We, uh, Facebook page, um, it's under I'm Possible, which is our, which is our 501c3. Okay. Um, the word impossible, I am possible. Okay. So it's, it's capital I, apostrophe M, dash, then it's P-O- P-O-S-S. I-B-L-E. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And then um, I, it may actually have a comma ink. I'm not okay. sure on that. 
Um, okay. I haven't. But whenever you do come to it, you'll actually see a gray square that says the mission okay. on there. Well, we'll be sure on the day that okay. we release this podcast, okay. um, probably in August sometime, yeah. to share your page to our Entourage Ministries page so people can absolutely tag on and like it from there and then get redirected all the different ways. So ladies, as you're driving, working out, putting kids to bed, whatever you're doing in, in the season that you're in listening to this podcast, would you just agree with me as we pray over these needs? Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you that you're good, that you're ever present, that you're ever faithful, that you give good gifts to those who ask, yes, that um, that you don't put to shame those who put their hope in you, that you renew strength for those who trust in you and wait on you. So uh, I pray... I pray renewed strength for Michelle as she is faithful in seeing this vision through. God, we pray that you would bring covenant partners into this ministry for her. The people the people in this community that have a heart for this but don't know that it exists yet, I pray that that barrier would be broken and that the news would go out about what you're seeking to do with this ministry, Heavenly Father, and that you would bring in the right support for that. I pray for, um, for funding. Uh, to meet the regulatory needs uh, that that are necessary. Um, and I thank you, God, that you are able to provide and willing to provide all things. And for the gentleman who has said yes in his heart to come and serve, but whose physical body is preventing him from doing that, we pray, God, that your healing touch come over him right now, that he would be able-bodied, that he would um, his health would prosper, that he would... Um, be able to come and go strongly, both in movement and in sight, just like jo- just like Caleb and, and Moses both were in their old age. We pray that blessing over him. We pray release from the hospital so that he might continue in the desire that you've placed in his heart. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for the place we set in to visit. Bless the ladies listening. May they know of your great love for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma. 